Hello and welcome back to the podcast, The Beauty of Truth. I am your host slash makeup artist, Robin Byrne. And if you've been absolutely loving this podcast, I would love that you would like, share, subscribe, leave a review, all the things that social media says that you approve of this podcast. It would be amazing. Thank you so much for, uh, as well, everybody sharing on social media and Instagram. The feedback has been absolutely amazing. So I'm super excited for you to hear this week's episode. This week's episode, I am joined by male model Gary Talbot. Gary was Ireland's first male model to walk at London Fashion Week. Founded by the famous Tyson Beckford, he's had over 600 publications and a massive explicit social media presence. The modelling industry is an industry that's always fascinated me. I've been very lucky that I've had the opportunity to work backstage at Paris Fashion Week on two occasions and I've seen the glamorous side and the not so glamorous side to the modelling industry. So I really wanted to get someone who has in-depth experience of what that industry is like and Gary has been nothing but forthcoming about his experiences as a model, his battles with mental health and coming out as being gay at 27. I'm so honoured that Gary has decided to share his story on the beauty of truth. Here we go. Gary Talbot, I am so excited for you to be part of the Beauty of Truth podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. I'm like buzzing. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> I was reading your blog all week and it was just so interesting. And I can imagine that there's even more, obviously more to a person than their blog. Yeah. But I just, I was literally texting, I was like, Gary, I'm buzzing for the chats, buzzing <laughs> for the chats. So um, obviously you're on, I've brought you on today, you were... Ireland's first male model to walk London Fashion Week? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, well, it, t- 2010? Yeah, in around that. Yeah, 2010. And then I had done, yeah, because I, I remember I kind of moved over for 2012 because yeah. the Olympics and stuff like that was on. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so that was like the start of your career. So today I, I wanted it... The, the fashion world and modeling world fascinates me. I've worked backstage. I've saw the glamorous side, the not so glamorous side yeah. to being a model. And this podcast is all about delving into different industries people work in. And I really wanted to find someone who's got, you know, this depth of knowledge, but also willing to speak about, you know, the beautiful and the ugly truths yeah. of the modeling industry and you came to mind straight away <laughs> um especially being a male model as well in ireland you know th- there's slim pickings out there oh, Gary. Yeah. yeah even like i think there was even less when i was obviously starting off so yeah 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 because instagram obviously wasn't yeah. as big so now yeah. now everyone's a male never, model never everyone's a model <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could be a male model <laughs> um no but i i would love to know from the beginning so what what made you become a model um it's funny because I never, like, it was never something I wanted to do. I never wanted to be in anything that was it kind of, like, noticed as not a normal job or, you know, an abnormal life. Um, it just happened because I was on Twitter. I'd only joined Twitter. I hadn't got any other social media, so I wasn't, like, I never had Bebo. I never had MSN. No, I was. What? I never had you anything. You haven't lived. Yeah, I never had any, the love any social media. <laughs> <laughs> so I never had any of that. And 
I, I was really late even joining Facebook and Instagram. Like, I think I, I joined Instagram 2013 and Facebook around 2014. So Twitter was the only one that I was kind of interested to get on. And I was followed by Tyson Beckford. I think I only had my account a couple of days. Um, and I didn't know who he was because he hadn't even got a profile picture. It was just a picture of a car or something like that. And he messaged me and asked where I was living. So I was a bit like, this is a bit... Yeah, like your profile picture is a car. You're just dodgy straight away. I don't know who you are, but um, all I did now was the verification tick. So then when I seen that, I was like, I'm going to Google him and see who he is. And as soon as I seen his face, then I knew who he was. Yeah, you just didn't put the name to the... Yeah, because I would know his face. Yeah. Now that I know you, I've known him since I've known you. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't... I I get what you mean. Yeah. The connection wasn't there. It just didn't kind of click with me. I was like... I, I, I recognized the name, but it just didn't click. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I live in Ireland. I live in Dublin, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. Like, we didn't really, like, every now and then, like, he'd probably like a tweet or, you know, I'd like one of his. There was no conversation as such. Um, and then he messaged me one day and said that he'd be in Ireland because I think he was promoting something for the UK and that he was going to be in Ireland for a short period of time. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, it'd be great to meet you. So I was like, oh, Ari, like, okay. Yeah, right. Didn't really Kinda get... random. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, didn't yeah. really get, like, why or, you know, like, what the purpose of it all was. Um, And then, yeah, he just, when he was in Dublin, he texted me that morning, like, when he left, like, obviously he was in the air, in the airport and he texted on his way to a hotel. Um, it was early, so they were kind of filming a little bit, I think, that morning, and then he was going back to the UK. So I, like, jumped, and I was like, oh, shit, like, I need to... I need to go and meet this fucking yeah, supermodel yeah. and not the hack of me. So <laughs> <laughs> I was after ringing my best friend, Leona, who I'm sure she just, I don't know how she's still my friend to this day, but uh, I rang her and I was like, you need to come with me because I, I have to go and meet him and I, I'm not going on my own. So her brother actually dropped us in. It was like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning or something like that. So um, random. So random. Like, honestly, only for like, I I mean, if you read this story, you probably wouldn't believe it you'd need you'd need to hear it yeah do you know that way like yeah it was it was mad because like when we got there then we were in the kind of the reception it was in the Shelbourne and we were like will we get a cup of tea like do we stand here like where is he what do we do yeah like what's the social yeah like did he come and go and or you know like what happened so with that he just walked in and we were yapping there was nothing really like work related like we weren't talking about modeling or anything like that we were just chit chat um, it was really funny because he had people with him, but um, I think that girl Whitney Port was with him. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so she was there. Julia Macdonald was there as well, but we didn't really know who they were. So me and Leona were just yapping to him, and then Leona just throwing shade eyes at, at them. So <laughs> so, so, funny, <laughs> so that was it. Then um, he was just like, you know, hopefully, like, no, uh, I'll bump into you again someday, and blah blah blah. And then he left, and when I had left, there was like, I don't know whether she was like a publicist or what she was, but she was at the door of the Shelbourne, and she just asked like, oh, was that Tyson Beckford? And I said, yeah. And she's like, what's your name? And I just says, Gary Talbot. And then mainly on the left, of course, I was just buzzing because we got to meet him, and like we were yapping to him, and he was lovely. And then the next day, it was just everywhere. Like, it was like, I was after getting a phone call then on the Wednesday and asked him out to London on the Thursday. What? Yeah. Just from meeting him? Well, yeah. So obviously it just got out that I was in kind of 
connection with more. I was talking to him. And I think people just assumed that we were going to be working together on something. Oh, that's how this world works, obviously. Yeah, it was Like, they must nearly stage people. You know, like that, like, we need this person to become really big. So can you, like me, like in the Shelburne (laughs) at 10 a.m. in the morning for a cup of tea and your whole world is going to turn upside down? Or yeah. the right way up, whichever way you want to look at it, it. it. It's turning somewhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, it was it was mad because I never, as I said, that was never a goal. I was never going to be like, I'm going to be a model. I'm going to. Yeah, ju- it literally just, just happened. happened. Yeah. That is mental, Gary. Yeah. Oh, my God. I knew that you, I knew your story in the sense of I knew like Tyson Beckford kind of had like in one sense. Yeah. In quotations founded you but I didn't know that there wasn't actually like a transaction of you're going I'd like you to be a model please not necessarily like I know I think he had got because I had spoken to him a lot after that as well um only like mostly just online like but um like I think the last time I heard from him was like last year do you know what I mean like so he's still like every now and then would, would message um he's gone off off Twitter now I think but yeah it was never I don't know like I, he, it was like he had got an intention but then I don't think he was the final say in in the intention and yeah. then it was like right well if he can't do this then maybe something else will happen or I don't know I honestly I don't get why it happened but yeah, yeah. it literally just happened so then you moved to London then and what were you doing when you moved to London um yeah so I got the phone call on probably the Wednesday and they asked me to move over on the Thursday and I was like Pfft. No, oh. like I, I don't know anybody in London. I've no money. Like yeah, it's an expensive I, yeah, place to like, move to uh, overnight. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> in general, it's an yeah. expensive place to move to. And I was to. like, I can't just up and go. And then they gave me a couple of days grace, and they were like, "We really think you should." And I've been on Skype calls and stuff with them, um, and it was for super models, um, and they were only starting off because uh, the the director of super he used to work for Elite. So oh, right, he okay. was kind of branching out in his own agency. Um, and then, yeah, I went over and I met one of the agents or one of the, yeah, would have been one of the agents in the tube. And I went straight to me first shoe. Stop Stinking it. Stinking of airplane. No, stop. Yeah. Like, uh, like literally off the plane. Off the plane. The tube and went and did a shoe. In absolute bits. Like yeah. this is why this the modeling industry fascinates me. They, these are the stories that people don't, no, like that you literally looked absolutely unbelievable in this photo shoot, obviously, but you're like literally Dead off the Ryanair flight. Like. Yeah, stinking a Ryanair. Oh and my God. Stop. It was, <laughs> it's gas because like when you say that, because when you work for really big names, like I'd done a photo shoot for, um, I don't remember what it was. I know it was something like, I don't know whether it was, it was something to do with golf anyway. So it was like probably actually Ralph Lauren jumpers. Um, and the address was a part of London. I went and I got there and it was like a big tower block of flats. And I was like, surely that's not where I'm going. Like, yeah. It was like a council estate. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, surely I'm in the wrong place. I'm after reading the instructions wrong or something. Went into this tower block. I went up to the, the number and I knocked at the door and there was like pigeons everywhere. There was <laughs> like... Bags of rubbish out, like people are leaving bags of rubbish out, and I was like, I'm in the wrong place. This person's gonna open the door more than me, and they opened the door, and yeah, they had to hire the flat for the day, and that's where we done the shoe. No stop. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I've heard of like obviously there being like mad locations and stuff like Mental. that. But you kind of forget about the people like let's say like the likes of the models or like being a makeup artist or whoever, you know, the the, the, the smaller pieces of the puzzle yeah. get sent the message. Here's the address. And you just take the job and you check the address the morning off. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, this is where I'm going. So when you moved to London and you said, you, obviously you were probably flying back and forth for a bit. Yeah. Well, no, funny enough, because I had never signed anything in Ireland at the time. So I went to London for a, a, quite a while. Like I, I, I stayed there for a few months before I came back. And when I came back, I had said, maybe I should get an Irish agent. And yeah. I had started like knocking on doors of agencies and none of them wanted me. What? Yeah, none of them wanted me. Why? Um, well, none of them had known that I was currently already in London and signed with Super. So I don't know. I just probably didn't fit the look or the mold for the Irish scene. I didn't fit. And that's like, you know, that's fair. Like if you don't, if you don't fit the look, you don't fit the look. But it kind of knocked me back a little bit because... A part of me was like, am I one of those really terrible singers on the X Factor and that family is standing behind them going, you're doing great, you're doing great. <laughs> no, Do you know what I mean? And I was, I kept asking people, that. I kept asking like me friends and I kept asking like me man. I was like, if I'm making a fool of myself, you need to tell me. Yeah, yeah, you know? I know. Because and this came out of nowhere. Like yeah. you didn't ask for it. So yeah. you're rolling with it and you don't want to roll with something and you're not Yeah, actually... I didn't want to be getting like passed around on WhatsApp groups kind of going, he... oh, look at him, like the hack of him. Yeah, Scarlett for Gary's yeah. Valley Fairmont. Like... he's great. Yeah, you know, but... yeah. Yeah, no, um, I know, yeah. And the only kind of, like, part of it that made sense of it, because I even said it to one of the agents that I was working with in London, and they were like, you're getting paid by prestigious brands for a photograph. They're not going to make a mistake when they're paying you what they're paying you. So I was like, oh, okay. So it was kind of like a peace of mind that, okay, you're not making a fool of yourself. This is fine. And um, people are paying you for this. But it was only really when I started kind of landing in the papers that the Irish agencies started having interest. That is mad. So like you're good enough for London, but you're not good enough yeah. for little old Ireland. Like yeah. that's mental. And who did you work for in London? Like if we're talking big names, what, what um, type of work were you doing? I done, my first shoot, the one that I done from Ryanair was for Tom Ford. Um, well, it wasn't Tom Ford. I think yeah, there was a couple of things in there that were Tom Ford because they kind of covered like Savile Row. Um, okay. And they would kind of have different brands from there and they would... They would shoot them. Yeah. Um, I worked for Sibling. I worked for uh, Thomas Sabo. I worked for... Um, I'd done stuff with Versace, but it was more of the kind of commercial website side of things. Yep, still um, Versace, isn't Yeah, I'd done Lacoste. I'd done... I'd done a bit of Ralph Lauren. Um, I'd done a little bit for Burberry, but I didn't really have the... I, I remember in the Burberry shoe... The first half of the shoot was great because it was all very sophisticated. And at the time, that was the kind of look they had me for. They wanted me to be, you know, slim, in a suit. In suits, yeah. I actually remember seeing yeah. your pictures, yeah. And then it didn't really go with the Burberry side of things because I didn't have that edgy side. So then I remember halfway through that shoot, they were like, we're actually not going to use you for the second half. And I was like, oh, that's fine. And that was kind of a normal thing. I was going to ask, like, how how does that feel when that happens? Well, the first time when it happened, I was a bit like, oh, like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but tell me, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, of course. Then I was kind of like, when I seen it happen to other models and like these would be lads that would be you know, top, top lads globally. Yeah. And I'd say it happened to them, even on a, on a show, like, you know, you'd be walking a show and somebody would just come over and talk to them and say, yeah, I'm not actually going to be in this one. And that'd be fine with yeah, them. Yeah, I've like, seen that happen backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I have seen that happen you backstage. Kinda, it's, it's okay. You know, it's like, they still book you, they still pay you. 
it to an extent like they're not gonna obviously pay you the full amount but they'll still give you like a deposit amount for what you could have been doing okay. um and like it was only when i started seeing other lads in that same situation that i was okay with it now it didn't happen often but i could understand like if i went to a shoe i could almost tell myself when i'd see the clothes I'd kind of go, yeah, that's not going to be me. Yeah, you know? you'd know. You'd yeah. know. Do you think is it different for male and female models in that sense? Are they are they treated like if you were on a shoe? Have you ever seen that happen to female models? Not as much. Um, girls, it's a lot harder for them when it comes to age, weight, things like that, um, which I think is really bad. But that's the side of it that's really hard for them. And it's a lot more competitive for them because there's a lot more of them. So... Um, you know, it's I've seen girls that would be what I would think or consider to be amazing. You know, like the best of the best. Yeah. And then you'd see them getting replaced by somebody else, and you kind of go, mm, like, okay. It just you can never tell. Like you've probably even seen it yourself at fashion week, and you're doing somebody's face. It's not that like you know you're not going to say somebody's not attractive or you know what you consider a model, but everybody looks so different. Like, oh yeah massively and like I think there's even more obviously like every how they're hiring now is more versatile than yeah, ever definitely than ever ever before but I mean when you started in 2010 and you're saying that agents in Dublin wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't take you me. on like that's mental how did that feel like how what was the emotional side of that um, one, I won't obviously say, because like I've, I've no bad relationship with any Irish agent. No, no, but just um, to know the actual yeah, feeling behind there was, it. There was one, I don't even think they're, they're around anymore, but there was one that I had went in and Leona, my best friend, who you know, mm -hmm. um, I brought her with me or dragged her with me. And <laughs> just dragging Leona around yeah. Dublin. And I went in and the agent was sitting there and he made me feel like a piece of dirt. Like he just, when I was, I remember even leaving the place and Leona literally just looked at me and she's like, you do not listen to a word he said because he hasn't got a clue. So basically like I went in and this agent was there and he started first of all, like straight away comparing me to somebody else that he was already had on his books. So that was a bit like, hmm, okay, I'm not here to be compared. I just want yeah, to. Yeah, because you can't compete with, with, with somebody else's face. Yeah, like, like I just wanted to be me. Like I didn't yeah. want to be compared. So then. That was grand. Then he started kind of like getting me to walk up and down the room. Now, what he didn't know was I had already walked Fashion Week. So he had no clue that I was already in bigger shows than I would ever be in Dublin. Yeah, of and course. Yeah. Like that's no disrespect to any Irish brands or, or but in magnitude as in like Oh volume. no, like I mean it's yeah. like me. I'm like I did Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. Dublin is never gonna offer me a fashion show no. like I've done a Paris Fashion Week. No. And that's just yeah, like, that's just it, how it is. You're not gonna end up in Vogue just by walking up and down O'Connell Street. Yeah, you know, no, so no. um it's it was really interesting because then he'd start like critiquing me walk and then he'd be showing me how he walked. Oh. And then I just remember I just was like, I'm not, because he wanted to sign me, but I was like, I'm not staying here. Like, I'm I'm going. And as soon as I opened the door, Leona was standing there and she was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. And she was like, I'm not being bad. She was like, but an overweight middle-aged man is not going to tell you you're not good enough for this modeling business. She's like, he's just not going to. Yeah. And then, but isn't yeah. it great that you had Her. a friend? Because oh, yeah. Do you think that there is an awful lot of people that maybe because modeling is quite it, it, well, actually, it's very it can be a very lonely business because yeah. the chances of you seeing the same model at a, you know, at a shoot or 
whatever, you know, again, yeah. are obviously very slim. Um, but aren't you so lucky that you had a friend to keep you grounded? Do you think is there an awful lot of models out there, especially in the likes of London where you're, it's big pond and your little fish yeah. and then that emotionally would play with your, with your, with your mental Absolutely. health. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to do any of it without her. Like, I mean, she moved to London and everything, you know, it was, I, from day one, she was on me very first photo shoot. You know, she was there. She was at nearly every event that I went to. Not that she wanted to be, she hated them. She didn't like anything to do with it, but I was, yeah, I was very lucky that she she came with me and that yeah. she she put up with it. And like she kind of gave me a lot of guidance around it as well because there was a lot of like situations where I had to make decisions. Like you know, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? Or because I think what a lot of people didn't realize, especially in the Irish market, was I had every type of opportunity you can imagine handed to me, and I did have the power. And the ability to kind of sit there and go through whether I wanted to do something or whether I didn't want to do something. And that was down to like TV jobs, film jobs, um, even different types of editorials. If, if I didn't want to do it, I just didn't do it. And that was a big kind of like mind blow for a lot of people. That, And I kind of I always kind of carried a guilt as well, because there were so many people that were killing to be in my position that really wanted to be in that position and have the opportunities that I had. But because I never really wanted it, it was no loss to me if I didn't get it or if I didn't want to do it. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is hard to describe because it sounds like you're ungrateful and it sounds like you don't appreciate it. But I genuinely just didn't didn't want it. If I, if like you know whatever it may be. No, but I think then there's a side of and especially now with social media, there's a side of where people are just are are yes people yeah. and are saying yes to everything, and actually that dilutes their their brand or yeah. how they market themselves. So come here, if you're in a position where you can say yes and no, don't get me wrong. There's times when I started out doing makeup, I had to say yes to you every take job. everything. You take oh, everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. But then you get to a point in, in your career or your life where either it's because of personal reasons mm -hmm. or because of where your career sits at yeah. that you can say yes and no. And I think that's, that's, that's a great testament of how successful you are. But I think it's great that you also had a support system. Oh, yeah. Um, to be able to help guide you. Because I'd say like that, you probably would have been the yes man. You probably, had Leona not said to you like, no, come here. Like, yeah. you're not letting that guy, you know, that that real like, um, that real angel on your shoulder. Yeah. Do you know that yeah, way? Absolutely. Um, you probably would have, oh, yeah, come here, just sign me because I don't know what's going to yeah, happen. I, like, I'll take anything. And I did. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, at the beginning... I did take everything. Yeah, of course. You know, you have I would, to, yeah. yeah, I'd go to the opening of an envelope. You know, it was like anything that I could do to make money, I was there. Um, and then it was only after like, you know, I done like those bigger jobs and those bigger brands and I was like, this actually doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't change your life. Yeah, do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can give you the tools to make great things happen, but it's still not gonna. It's still not gonna be what I thought it was gonna be. It wasn't wasn't gonna be, you know, travel the world and live cush. You don't. You know, you can travel quite a bit, and you can be comfortable. But there's a lot of work involved, and there's a lot behind the scenes that people don't know, and the hardship to get there, to be in that position, to be traveling around, and to have a nice hotel to be put up in, and a nice, you know have a driver bring you from one location to another location, a lot of models don't get that. Oh, I I think 
every show I've done, there was like the one or two big ones. Yeah. And they went out the back door uh, or their car was out the front That's and it, whoever. Yeah. But then you see the rest of the girls come out in groups and they're going for their coffee. and Throwing back converse on the run to the next yeah, job. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like it, it, I, I feel like this, there is a massive and I'm looking from the outside in, but a real hierarchy for models. Absolutely. And I was lucky. I was I, like, there's no two ways about it. It was nothing to do with look in a particular way or photograph in a particular way it was pure luck and i think that's the way a lot of the industry is when i see a lot of lads and they get involved with it and the first thing i i kind of sense out them is that they want fame and they want attention that's not going to get you your no, career you're doing it for the wrong reasons you're doing it for the wrong reasons i didn't want any of those things and that's what was starting to happen those things were coming to me and i didn't want it from you know definitely didn't want fame and i was lucky enough that when i got to a certain stage if a company rang me and said, we want you in this location, I can drive, I can get a flight myself, but I'm not doing it. So if you want me, usually I'll send a driver or you'll fly me. And yeah. they did. Great. You know, and that was like, yeah, like it was <laughs> great. And like even, I mean, we've done it even with Irish companies, um, Irish brands, um, a company in Cork wanted us. They sent a driver. They paid for the hotel and they got a driver for me the next day. And the same way, like, you know, we went to Kerry and I dragged Leona and they had a flight for us and we flew down to Kerry and had a car pick us up and bring us back. So it was like when I only, it was only when I started to really put my foot down that I started to see, like, you know, how much I had done, how much I had benefited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you're able to call, call a few shots here and there, yeah. a few cars, a few flights. It was mostly the owner. <laughs> like, I remember she went into, like... Oh, Leona should be a manager. Oh, oh without 100%, a doubt. Without like, 100%. a doubt. So, like, she went into... We were in one hotel. I think it was in Tralee or, yeah, Tipperary, maybe. I don't know. But she went down and she was basically like, that room's too small. And oh, no, I love it. they just gave us a massive room. And then I, I didn't even know when she came back up to the room that we had first went into. And she came up with the key and she's like, come on. And we went and we went into this big massive suite. I was like, oh, my God. No, except she's like stereotypical, like great manager. Like, you know, yeah. the manager that that you want. If yeah. you're going to go into this industry, you know, she didn't accept. In. And the people used to like she used to walk onto a set and. One says she'd be a makeup artist, another says she'd be like, if they used to think sometimes <laughs> that she was even the creative director. No, I love it. Because she'd stand there and say, he's not wearing that. Like, that's ridiculous. Don't have them standing beside each other like that. And the photographers would be listening we to listen, her. Listen, yeah. And making these changes. And it'd be only when we leave, she'd be in stitches. <laughs> in she'd be like, that is none of my business. And I'm in, in the, there. In yeah. the middle of London, like, yeah. calling the shots. And like, it was just so funny. Like, she was yeah, just but mad. I, but don't, I think some people don't, they aren't they built for that sort of, like, yeah. they've that person. Personality, they can command a room. Yeah. It's it's a it's a real skill to be able to be like that. Yeah. And is there a stereo like stereo is a stereotype for models real? Like is there the now I've been backstage, so I'm gonna pretend for listeners that I don't know anything. But is there have you worked with models and you're like, whoa, like that model behavior is not okay? Or has that come from, you know, maybe one or two stories and people just now have a stereotype for models? Um, no, it, there is, the stereotype is real to an extent. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, what you see is what you get. A lot of the time, I, if, which is fascinating and still to this day, I don't understand it. I could go for castings in London and they would be for massive brands, like the big brands. And I'd recognize every model there. Like, you know, there's the girl that was on like the John Paul Gaultier ad. There's the the boy that's all over the billboards outside pennies at the moment there's 
like you know the last face to River Island so like these would be faces that you would recognise like even some of them as big as like you know Simon Nesman who was probably the second highest paid male model in history you know and right, like okay. he was just normal in a normal cast and there was no differentiation like he didn't get any special treatment because of who he is but and he wouldn't have really an attitude and I always found castings in London even though they're a lot more competitive and there's a lot more models like as in just like different variety of people I never once felt nervous about casting in London but then you put me in a casting for a fucking commercial with Dulux Paint in Dublin I'm breaking it. No, stop. Why? What's the difference? I don't know. And I think it was just because you walk in and straight away you just get this. Well, me anyway. I Straight away I get this sense of, oh, he's he's here. Or even if they don't recognize me or they know who I am, it was a real sense of, say to him, I'm going to get this. I just always felt really uncomfortable. Oh, you mean against the other models? No, like, like, they'd, like I kind of feel like they think that about me. Right. So I used to be just riddled with anxiety going in. And it got to the stage, like I got really good at, like if I was walking into an all male casting, I would kind of like hype myself because I'm not, I'm not afraid of anybody. I don't like, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be a timid person. So I don't know what it was that used to eat me up. What I'd be like sitting outside and I'd be like, right, deep breath, you'll get this, you'll be fine. And I'd be like a brand, like a normal Joe Soap, like family owned business. Like it wouldn't be like, Tom Ford that I had already done so I'd walk in and I'd put on this act that I was confident and I'd put on this act that I'm not bothered to be here even though I wasn't bothered to be there I'd just make it more I'm not bothered to be here yeah I want you to know that I'm not yeah. bothered to be and here and then I would leave and riddled with anxiety like I would shake head to toe just from being in that room and this is just in Dublin only in Dublin yeah maybe it's like because it's like it's your home and the, it's the definitely probably smaller. It's and definitely carrier. Yeah, interesting, isn't yeah. it? That like in because I have I have to say like I um I've only done I've done Paris Fashion Week twice and I didn't do London. I've done a couple of shoots here and there. I've never actually the reason why I ask is I've never really had any catty models. I, yeah. I I have one or two in my head like that I was yeah. a bit like. But then, like, I was also pregnant doing Fashion Week, so I was probably, everyone was <laughs> probably catty. I was probably catty. Yeah. Um, but I did want, you know, that between models, do you feel it off each other? You know, is there a vibe? I definitely, like, definitely with the Irish male models. Yeah. Like, some of them in Ireland, like, would come over to me and, like, they'd say, oh, I know who you are. Or, like, you know, like, what you've done is great and that's nice. And others, I just, I can feel their eyes burning through me. And is it a small industry? Like, does everyone know everyone in Dublin now? Um, well, they did when I was doing it. Like, you know, I don't really... I doesn't. I had made an agreement with myself a long time ago that I was never going to do a casting again. If a company wants me, they'll book me. I'm not going to go to a casting. Okay. I don't care how much money it is. I don't care what the brand is. If you want me, you'll book me. And that's it. And do you think the casting process is is an issue with the industry do you think it's a it's something that could possibly change yeah like, like, I, ne- like it's a bit dated now in, yeah like in dublin anyway you know like i understand that in london it's a lot different because when you go to a cast and you do a full fitting in the casting it's not just the way it is in dublin where you walk into a room they sit there look at you and go mm-hmm, yeah maybe don't like you know don't do this don't do that uh maybe like you know look at the camera this way look at the camera that way mm, yeah we'll think about it like that's the attitude in dublin whereas london 
they genuinely don't know who they're going to book. Whereas they kind of already do in Dublin, but they still hold these castings. Uh, do you know okay, what I mean? So yeah, yeah. It's just to me, it was like I know straight away if I walked into a Dublin casting and I'd see a particular model and then I'd see a particular casting director or like you no know, somebody that worked for the brand. And I'd be like, they're best mates, they were up the weekend together. Like, what am I even doing here? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and that's where I kind of developed the this is a big inconvenience for me because I don't actually need to be here. And I'm riddled with anxiety when I leave. Yeah. So actually there's no benefit no. to me whatsoever. And I think in Ireland, probably just because as well, like the actual physical size of yeah. the amount of people here. There's not yeah, a lot it's, all it's industries tiny. are small. Everyone in makeup knows everyone, everyone in hair, I'm sure knows everyone. Yeah. You know, they, they are small industries. And I think that that's Probably something that, you know, whoever is doing these castings or whatever, that, that there needs to be maybe. It needs to be made more modern, more fit, fitted actually, to society. Ac- yeah, like, like actually do a real cast and like figure out, you know, there's more to getting a good photograph than just a good face. You know, yeah. it's if you're kind of like, I would always put it down to like what I kind of learned in London is if you went to a casting and it was a really tight casting, then they had a really low budget and they needed to get a really good shot at a really like short period of time. So a lot of it was how quick are you on, on camera? How good are you at getting your shot as quick as possible? And that made sense because they hadn't got big budgets to hold you there and they hadn't got big budgets to, you know, cast 150 lads, 200 lads. So the likes of that, like it was, that's, that's what they should be doing in Ireland because it's so small. You know, if you already know who you want, book who you, you just want. Book them, yeah. Like but skip not, the, skip putting everybody yeah. through all the trials and yeah. tribulations of it. Just get to the point. Yeah. Like you know that way. Yeah, that it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I couldn't even tell you the name of what, any model that's on the Irish scene now. I don't even look at any of them. Yeah, you don't. You're 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 checked out. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we we're we're gonna get to that. We're definitely gonna get to that. But before we do, I want you talked a little bit about jobs that you're able to turn down and jobs that you know you're in a position to take mm-hmm. I read that you turned down a one million dollar job one, one million, million pound one million pound yeah. one million yeah let's get the currency right because that that, that, yeah, that makes a difference a, that exchange rate <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so one why what like yeah. one million you've got to explain that I'd say your ma wanted to kill you no, no I'm joking. obviously um, not it was actually it was really funny right so I had got two opportunities at the same time and one of them was to be on Celebrity Big Brother, which I thought was mind-blown because I'm not a celebrity, but they wanted me anyway. And then the other was a producer wanted to meet me from ITV. And I kind of was like, mm, like, I don't know, maybe I'll think about it. So I went over, met the producers for Big Brother, the whole lot, and they were really interested. They, they wanted me and they were like, you're going to be in this house. It would have been the house with David Guest and... Uh, Vic, uh, what's the name? Tiffany Pollard and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was a good year, but a big year actually. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Was quite that the a... fella David Gasterfeld? They pretended to they your thought woman. he was he dead. dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, David Bowie was her ex-husband. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was around. It was that year, and they were really interested, and they wanted to meet me. And it was actually, um, I flew home because there was a, an emergency, and I just didn't bother keeping in contact with them. So then. That was Grant, ITV guy, he gave me a call and was like, you need to come back to London, we really want to talk to you, we really have a couple of ideas. So I went over, met him in, he actually met him in Heathrow Airport, so I wasn't even planning on staying in London for any length of time, I was going to fly home that day. 
but he was like, look, we have this meeting lined up for, it was like over like, like a long weekend. And he was like, is there any chance you can stay in London? So I was like, okay, like I'll stay. You were in the airport. I was in the that airport. That would really yeah. bother me. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a bit pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'll stay. And then we were, they basically wanted to introduce me into a reality TV show that they were working on. But the money, the million pound was going to be invested in PR behind me. Because they wanted to turn me into what they felt the UK was lacking, which was in a model, a, like an actual fashion model. So I was like, okay. So I kept really kind of going back and forth because I was still in a really good relationship with all of the agents that I'd worked with. Because I never really signed contracts that I was kind of held, you know, kind of property to anybody. So I ran up past two agents that I really trusted. And I was like, what do you think? And they said, yeah, like he's legit. It, this is, you know, it's a really big decision to make because a million pound publicity behind you in the UK will literally turn you into oh, a, a brand overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, and the UK press are ruthless. So they were like, do you really want to go down that route? If it doesn't work out for you, will you be able to ever come back from it? You know, so think about There's it. There's a lot of variables to that. Yeah. Like you hear one million pounds and you think, lovely, where do I sign? Yeah. But actually, there was a lot. There's and a like, harsh reality to that. Yeah. One million pounds. And they would obviously want to make that million back. You know, so oh, it, was yeah, like, 100%. it was more of an investment to try and blow me up and then they'd make money off it. But I honestly don't regret any of it because I know I know mentally I wouldn't have been strong enough for that level of attention. I just know I wouldn't have. And also it makes sense why so many celebrities crumble. Yeah. Because if there's a million pound and there's probably a lot more than a million invested to some oh, people. Yeah. Yeah. But if a million pound and you're not you're not bringing back the dollar or the pound or the that's or whatever. That's a lot of pressure. That's massive pressure. Yeah. That's like buckling under pressure. Yeah. Like that's kind of for a normal person, probably hard to really understand what that must yeah. be like. And you when you turned it down, you know, was there any regrets in the moment? Um, Not really. Like I, I was more afraid that I would break kind of like a relationship with them because I was like maybe I can get other opportunities from this is a ITV yeah. yeah so I was like I didn't want to like damage the opportunities or potential opportunities that might have come up in the future so I didn't really want to be insulted and go back and be like you know I actually don't want to do that yeah because so, it's really like I don't I don't want your million yeah, pounds behind me would kill like I know people even now like people on social media would kill to be in oh, that position like actually you know would give a left arm yeah and yeah. like you know if this is like years ago so this is like before instagram influencers were really a big thing they were only kind of up and coming so whether that million was going to be invested into turning me into like one of the first i don't know or you know i don't know what the, what intention, the plan was yeah. yeah but it just shows if they were investing a million pound into a person then can you imagine the investment now into mm. people on instagram and they yeah. don't even really have to do too much now no like, because no. you would have had to, that would have been your lifestyle. That would have been like every inch of you. I would have had to still get up early every morning and still like, you know, still grind. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your walk to the park would have been part of that yeah. million pound. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Whereas now if someone invests a million pound into someone, they just have to have a really good camera and a fantastic face. That's it. Like, um, it's, it's insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's mental, yeah. mental. And 
you're really vocal about your your mental state. Like if anyone and I, I urge people after they listen to this podcast to go read your blog. I, I messaged you, I was like, you need to write a book. <laughs> um, it's a book I would read. Another talent of yours. I really do. I love I loved reading your blog and you're so open and honest um, and it's very grounding to read about your mental state. Yeah. So what what t- talk to us a little bit about your mental state. Um, during your modeling like I never would have been the most confident person so I was never right as a teenager like I mean your Scott knows as a teenager knows me well yeah so as a side note how I met Gary was (laughs) I was on holidays in London with Scott and he was like my friends from Bally Farm are here. He's a model for with Tyson Beckford. I was like, I want to go for drinks with these people. <laughs> and then I met you and Leona yeah. and we tore London apart. And do you remember <laughs> who was in that bar? And oh my God. Scott was singing the wrong song to him. Mark from Westlife, Mark wasn't from it? Westlife, yeah. Oh my God, we were sitting in the bar and I was like, I'm surrounded. I was locked as I'm surrounded by famous people. <laughs> <laughs> I've made it. Who uh, wants their makeup done? <laughs> so funny. And then when me and Leona had left you, we got on a, like one of the 24 hour buses back. And there was a drag queen sitting behind us and she had glued her eyelashes like closed. No, stop. And Leona was like sitting pissed on the oh, bus in London trying to help, trying to help get this eyelash was. off. And when this is all happening, I'm like feeding this drag queen with me, like no. with the other hand, like chips and Stop spice it. burgers are ridiculous. Oh, that was such a good night. <laughs> such a good night, London. Like so good. Yeah. And it's it's funny. I met you then and never actually have se- I haven't really seen you since. Yeah, like I think what we bumped into each other one night out. Yeah, 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 but as in like no, I don't we haven't gone out yeah. together. So that's happening. Yeah. Uh, podcast number two can be the nights of we Gary and brunch. Robin. Yeah, brunch. Yeah, that's yeah. what classy people do now. We're yeah. we're a bit older now, Gary. But you <laughs> sorry to interrupt. So yes, that's how I know Gary. But you yeah, so growing up you 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 weren't that yeah, confident. So I was never like really confident. And I don't know, like, it could have been a multitude of things. There was no actual reason because, like, me ma would have always been very, like, I you know, installed a lot of self-confidence in us. Like, when we were kids, she would have been like, you're beautiful, you're, you know, you're talented, you're good, blah, 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 blah. But it just never really stuck. So I was always very doubtful of myself. There's nobody in this world that will critique me more than I'll critique myself. So I kind of developed this, like, kind of thick skin that anything, anything could be thrown at me. But then what happened was going into an industry that is based around looks and based around your appearance and your body and everything else. It was kind of like an, like an avalanche of emotions because I used to be freaked out. I used to spend more time in salons and spas and trying to get my skin perfect and trying to get my hair perfect and in the gym, trying to keep my body perfect because I always felt like I had to look like that photograph all the time. And yeah. it, it became a thing where, like, if I bumped into somebody in public and they looked at me and they say, oh, you're Gary, I'd crumble inside because I'd be like, oh, fuck this thing, you know, or they, they, they see me when I'm on a really bad day. And it took a very long time to understand that, right, you can spruce yourself up and look great, but it's only temporarily. And those photographs, it takes a village to make that photograph happen. Oh, come so, here. Like, to put know, it into perspective, yeah. at Fashion Week... We arrive at 5 a.m. That show's probably not till 2. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Mental. And that's, I had to really figure that out. I had to really, and I still struggle. Like, I'm still, like, you know, I still struggle with my body. I still, I've always had body insecurities and um, a lot of 
kind of like I've scarring on my body that I'm very insecure about just from like really bad skin as a kid and like things like that people don't ever know and because you're in the industry where you're beautiful and it's beauty that sells and you know you have to look perfect all the time I just felt it was always really important to be vocal and it was more so being vocal to for myself you know to kind of hear myself say yeah yeah, kind of give me yeah and then like you know let people know that you're not gonna you can't hold or like you know keep that perfect body forever it's not you can't live a life with like you know abs all the time you have to enjoy your life you have to eat you have to go out and like you know go out and get drunk or you know not saying you have to but like you no, you want to live a life yeah absolutely but you can't do that and have that perfect body and have that perfect skin and perfect face all the time I mean even sitting here now I'm like fucking I think you're a big creature, ride, Gary. creature. but <laughs> you know like it took a long time to to really get that frame of mind because I was like I felt I had to be perfect I just I was chasing the impossible yeah, and I, I, I can imagine for a lot of models that that is probably the forefront of yeah. me- where mental health struggles. Yeah. Because, I mean, a nor- you don't have to be a model to worry about those things. No, you don't. But, you know, if I go do a job with no makeup on, like, I'm not going to lose my job. I wouldn't yeah. Mac now, but <laughs> I would, you know, as in if I go and do a wedding and I'm up at 5 a.m., like, I don't, I don't yeah. it doesn't matter what I look like. Yeah. Um, but it does matter what a model looks yeah, you like. Yeah, you have to be on point all the time. And now, how is your mental your mental health? It's a lot better. Like, I think, like, even just... Because I think when you have any type of anxiety or depression about anything, whether it be your body or whether it be your skin or just in general, I don't think you'll ever fully recover from it. You go through spells of dealing with it. So, like, I've been really... I've been in a good place the last couple of months, even during the lockdown. I think a lot of people, like I got so many messages of people that would be like, are you okay? Like making sure, just checking in. And it was because I was pretty much silent on social media for a while. And I was fine. Like I was having a great time. If anything, that silence was a good thing. I think for a lot of people. Yeah, an an awful lot of people. It just made me realize that, okay, yeah, I gained weight during lockdown. I don't actually care that much because after Christmas, I killed myself for three months to get, my body as best as I could and I was happy with it and my body was what I thought perfect and then lockdown happened and that just went out the window but now I'm in the frame of mind that I've done it before I can do it again like you know it's okay to gain weight it's okay to let yourself go a little bit like you don't need to be always so hard on yourself yeah and that's that's the way that's kind of the frame of mind I'm in now like I'm just I don't really care you know who am I impressing who like who actually cares like well i think it's a hard it's a hard lesson to learn though because mm. i think with physical like physical beauty now and whatever people's versions of that is social media has ingrained yeah. in us a certain look or yeah. a certain this and then one minute like being big and beautiful is great but then it's no actually thin and yeah. and and chiseled is what we're going for now it's hard to keep yeah. up yeah it's so hard for like for anyone and i'm sure every listener is nodding around their eyes going yeah i know i'm actually on a treadmill as i listen to this like yeah. do you know because that's where i listen to my <laughs> podcast <laughs> but it's like it's like god forbid i put up a instagram story of me eating a big mac like you know god forbid like anybody sees that i'm not 
perfect all the time, like on social media. And like I've even done it in the past. Don't get me wrong. I know I sound hypocritical at times when I do put up, you know, I can put up a photograph and I do look like I have the perfect body and whatever. But I only ever post when I feel good and when I actually feel like I but look good. Don't we all? Yeah. You know, but, like, you know, yeah, you can't be criticised for that either, though, because yeah. don't we all? Like, remember when, um, what was that, Bloggers Unveiled came out? Yeah. And it was all about, um, oh, well, actually, I remember there was a picture of the modelling Kelly and they were like at the, I can't remember the awards. The oh, the Goss Awards. Or yeah. Something. And it was like I was actually at them that night. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. And Lynn, I Lynn Natasha was on. Is, Natasha would be Lynn's makeup artist, yeah. and that's how I know her and follow her. And I remember seeing on Bloggers and Veil, they were like, "Oh, this is the picture she posted." But look at this picture from this angle, and it was like from down below, like yeah. where we are. If anyone knows how to take a good <laughs> picture, like you're not going to take it from that way, that angle. And I remember, and I never write on anything on Instagram yeah. like that. And I wrote an essay being like, Jesus Christ. Leave oh, the girl alone. If, and also, if you saw my phone, like I put up a selfie, but there's 50 other yeah. pictures yeah. that have been taken. Or like where I've like, oh, and we all know that thing, you know, you turn your, your selfie camera on by accident. accident. You see the real you. <laughs> you see the real tensions. Yeah. But you, come here, like you can't be criticised for also posting the pictures that you love of yourself. Is that not really what it's about yeah. but then I'm a big believer in having the responsibility if you've loads of followers to be able to say yeah look I post all these pictures but be really open about yeah. it say, but also I'm sitting here eating a Big Mac and things are not always 100% great yeah. it's about balance it really is and it's it's about being truthful to yourself you know like you're not fooling anybody like you can put out all of this content and right to a certain extent people do subconsciously fall into thinking oh they're perfect and I have to try and do that myself and I have to try and live that life but I'm always like even if I, like, I don't like a sponsored post one day for an underwear brand and I would never Sorry, have... is this a pink underwear yeah like I've done several, several with them yeah yeah, yeah I see um, yeah yeah gorgeous and like don't get me wrong like really comfortable like yeah I would buy them well no actually I probably wouldn't but I was very vocal about it you know like even on my story I was like look yeah like I they've sent me this they're asking me to send a link and like I got kind of mixed reactions even from that story on my Instagram of people that were kind of like saying, ha, fair play, you're not just pushing it as a sale. And then other people kind of going, oh, like you've just completely ruined your reputation now with that brand. I don't care about ruining my reputation with that brand. That brand has come to me several times after that, you know, so they're still getting they a sale. Love, they probably love that you're being yeah. real out of it. Yeah. So because it's like, that actually probably drives retail for them. Yeah. So I was like, I've never, I've no, especially in the last probably four years, I have no reason to try and be something that I'm not because I've done it all. I'm happy with the career I had and I don't really care. I don't really, you know, obviously, as I said, you'll post the best side of yourself all the time, but I try and keep it as mixed as I can and just roll with it just you know like yeah and when you say the career i had so what's your what's your career path now and can i just say you had mm -hmm. a you had a quote on your blog and it was like um oh we become what we think about so what do you think about now um i've always been which i think no, well, nobody would really know because it's not something that the media side of things would ever report, but I've always been very business savvy. So I've always been involved with different business ventures, even through the modeling. So I had even like certain brands I had invested in 
Um, I created small brands and sold them on. Um, I have a, a business degree. I'm like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm pretty tuned in with social media marketing. I'm pretty tuned in with web design, web building, stuff like that. So that's obviously the side of me that nobody would know because all they see is the model. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but I kind of start doing all of that early on because I, I knew I'm not going to be able to make, you know, this happen for the rest of my life. I'm going to get old. I'm going to, nobody's going to book me anymore. I have to think of a plan B. So pretty early on, like I, I start doing, like I'm, I even put myself through barber in college. Like I'm a qualified barber, you know, like I just done things to just make sure that I was never going to sit idle. Like you can cry for money, but money will never cry for you. You know, I love that. You know, just get out and get it. Like if you want it, get out and get it. Yeah, you've got that real get up and go, definitely, even the way you talk about modelling and the jobs that you went for. And I think in business, you know, that's like, you know, it's an element of business that you, for it to be successful, you have to have. So when you moved back to, how old were you when you moved back originally? Oh, God. Um, 24. 25. 25. Yeah. I don't really remember 25, so I'm guessing it's 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's a, <laughs> some of the mid 20s is a yeah. bit blurry. Um, lots of session going <laughs> on. Um, but when you turned 27, you mm. came out as being gay. Yeah. Now, by society, mm-hmm. not that who cares what society thinks, but by society, that's actually quite old. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. coming out absolutely yeah. like, but knowing you, actually, it was. It was for me, it was kind of like it was nice. I remember reading it in the papers, yeah, which I was blown away <laughs> that I had like met you when you were starting this career close enough to probably 2012 ish yeah. that time, yeah. And then you're in the papers for coming out. It's like, God, he's that big that like the papers are putting this, like, I think it was like, yeah, and to- I think it was like in total, it was pretty global as well. Like, it was Spanish magazines, Polish, American, like, it was on 13 magazines or something like that oh my god so yeah it was big and tell us tell us all about that journey because i can imagine and i hope that there's people listening that maybe they haven't come out or maybe they come out and they they can relate to that story and it may be not being again you know coming out as a teenager when society thinks is the correct time Mm -hmm. it was i was going through a phase where i was slowing down like up until that point, I was always moving at a million miles an hour. So whether it be with the modeling career or just ventures, I was always busy. I always kept myself really, really busy. So I never had a lot of time to really sit back and reflect on anything. And that was all just because that's the type of person I am. I'm very like, you know, I when I hit the ground, I hit it running and I take on so much at a time. So I just always had so much going on in my life that I never really focused on relationships. I never really focused on figuring out what I wanted or who I was. But at the same time, I was never really like, I don't really look at people in a sexual way. And that would be with men or women. So I just didn't really think too much into it. And then I had been texting a guy that I kind of knew and everything was kind of going well or whatever and it, the penny just dropped it was just like fuck i'm gay like that that was exactly it like i was like i kind of i i didn't really even feel it coming it just clicked and i was like 
Jesus, how have I, because I've always been a very short person. I've always been, I've always known who I am. I've always known my limits. And then that was just a knock. Yeah, like, blindsided. And people find it so hard to understand. And I completely get it because, I mean, at 27, you know, you should have known or you should know who you are by 27. But and is that the response you got? A couple of, yeah, like I got a couple of responses like that of people that were like, like we could have told you. And I'm like, well, that's fair. Like if you could have told me, well, like that's good for you. Yeah, but great for you. It's me. It's my life. You know, I didn't, I didn't look at it like that. So it was a big knock. Like I, 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 it shook me. I was going to ask, yeah. like, were you super overwhelmed? Yeah, like, I think, I think I lost like a stone and a half in like three weeks. No, oh my god! Just gosh. from stress, just from pure panic. And was the penny dropping because this guy that you were texting, you were like, oh, I'm attracted to him. Um, not even like I, I knew him, like I knew him a long time, but I just kind of felt like in the conversation that. Like, I actually even told him, like, in the text, I was like, would it be weird if I came out? And he was like, no, he was like, I'm kind of helping you to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and like, I'm still... Pushing you out the door. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm still, yeah, I'm dragging it out of that closet. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I'm still like friends with him. Like, but he was never like a really old, good friend. You know, it was just somebody that I had walked with a couple of times and I knew him. Um, But yeah, it was, it, it knocked me for fucking six. Like, it really did. It put me on my knees yeah I can imagine and were you afraid that it was going to affect your career terrified but then I was I wasn't afraid that anybody wouldn't accept that was never an issue I yeah, wasn't af- I mean in the modeling industry yeah like I wasn't gay, like, straight it all goes I was a bit afraid that I would lose my female market because I had got quite a lot of older women as like you know who I was marketed towards so that was a worry because I was like, when these women find out that I'm gay, that that's my audience gone. Not even thinking or realizing that I could have a different audience. Do you know what I mean? So I was a bit worried about that. I wasn't really thinking straight, but then I wasn't really thinking about my career at all. I was just thinking how I was going to accept it and how I was going to, not that I like, you know, obviously I don't have a problem with people being gay, but I have a problem with the gay scene and I have a problem with a lot of what's, stereotypical gay so I didn't want to be put in that box I didn't want to be in that category and that was probably harder than realizing that I was that I was gay it was probably harder to accept it than it was to say it yeah and what was your how did you come out how did you come out how did you tell people I came out because I was literally on my knees like I was I was I was done like I couldn't I I mean everybody goes through drama and shite in their life and you know some people bounce back and some people don't and I've like anybody I've been through drama I've been through more traumatic things and bounce back but for some reason this just knocked me and but this is a personal journey like only you you know it's not yeah. even you in a relationship it's just it's just you, you yeah and yeah. you kind of feel like you, I just kept kind of scratching my head going who was I like who was I you know if, if this is who I am now who was I and I mean, Scott, I tell you, like, even as a teenager, like I was a little player. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't shy of approaching a girl. Do you know what I mean? And I just kind of felt like, you know, who, who was I the last 26 years? Like, was that all a lie? And that's what was going through my head. And then I remember me ma was actually, 
I was in my ma's house and she was going to Wexford and she would have been going down there for a good few weeks, probably a month or two. And I was, I remember she was like getting her bag and stuff and she was like putting stuff in the car and I was like really starting to panic and I was thinking and I was like, if she walks out that door and you don't tell her, she's going to come home and you're not going to be here. That's the, that was the, that was where I was at. And yeah, fight or flight. Yeah. And then literally as she put her hand to the door to leave, I just said, sit down. And now she already knew I was worried about something because of the, the weight loss and I was different. Like even Leona was asking me a lot of questions. And so were you having these like inner battles with yeah. yourself and nobody knew? Nobody knew. That must have been so difficult, Gary. Yeah, it was. They all knew it was something, but they didn't know what. Like I completely changed overnight in just for that moment. Like and I told me ma and she burst into tears and she was like, oh, the relief. She was like, I thought it was something really seriously wrong. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't care. Yeah, she I'm was going like, to Wexford. Your fucking traffic yeah. <laughs> is moving. Come on, Gary. Yeah, and it was like the relief. <laughs> and I told Leon, my mom actually didn't go to Wexford then. She was like, oh, I'll go like next week or something or whatever. And we'll have a big gay prize. Yeah, party. Let's, let's just <laughs> let's celebrate. Let's just soak this in. Um, and then Leona was the second person I told. And I just text her as usual and she came around with a bottle of wine and we were gonna just watch a film such a good friend and that was just that's just all the time um and then i just paused the telly and i says i just have to talk to you and i just told her and she just sat looking at me and i won't say what she said exactly <laughs> but then she just says yeah whatever now pass me the glass or something like that and that was it you know so it was everybody else was was fine like yeah it was just you in your head yeah Yeah, i couldn't accept it i just didn't want to accept it and when it was in the papers so obviously you were dealing with this like this really inner battle with yourself and then all of a sudden like it's front page like we're talking about sunday world herald irish mirror daily mirror it was on gay times magazine it was on attitude magazine uh, everything it was on everything. And how did that unfold? Like, do they contact you? Do you contact them? So what way does it work? It had been tipped. I had been, I kind of knew it had been tipped because of social media. So, and obviously like, you know, I was out for a couple of months. Like, so I was like, I got a couple of months without being exposed, Harass. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like, obviously like, you know, texting people and just being more out there kind of added fuel to the fire probably like now at the wrong kind of events and not the wrong events but like gay events and just being seen so then I was actually it was the really bad weather and I was like driving and I shouldn't have been and I was trying to get my car back and my mom had rang me and said you better come to my house there's a man inside in a van uh, that says the Sunday world on it and I was like what why like like tell him to go away and she's like no I can't she was like I'm like in you have to come because I'm in my pajamas and I'm not opening the door. I'm at that like putting the dog upstairs. I'm gonna go up and hide upstairs. So just come down and no, let them in. Stop it. So I was like, fuck's sake. So I went down and yeah, the van was there and there was two lads. And I did know one of the the editors and like you know, I was yapping to him or whatever, and he said, Look, we have a tip and another source is gonna release it. So, you know, you can have an input, you can have a say, but either way it's gonna be out there. So I just said, Yeah, you know what? Like I'll I'll just do it because I'd rather not sugarcoat it and make it sound like it was the easiest transition ever. It was fucking hard. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I wanted people to see that 
it doesn't matter what type of support system you have yet that that is important but it's down to how you accept it and that's where a lot of people don't come out they don't accept it and a lot of like even now like you know i don't i still don't accept a lot of things about what's considered gay society or gay things and it's not that i don't accept other people or other people's decisions it's me i don't accept things from me so i kind of felt like it was important to just really like you know give that side of it I didn't think it was going to be as much as it was. I didn't think it was going to be as big as it was. Um, but for like months after, it was just still popping up. I mean, still to this day, I still get notifications or I'll get tagged in something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And in your blog, it kind of comes up every, you know, it's come up a lot. Like it's been a real significant change in yeah. you as a person, your career, uh, yeah. your social media now as well. Yeah. Um, because you obviously openly post that you're gay and, yeah. you know, if you're seeing someone or whatever it might be. And when you talk about not accepting parts of, like, the gay culture in Dublin or, or not liking parts of it, what, what is it that you don't like? So, because you have to imagine... There'll be people listening who have no idea. Yeah. I have a lot of gay friends. I've been in the gay scene. I'll know parts. Yeah. But really, what is it for you? I don't know whether it's different with the people you surround yourself with. Because it's such a small community, I don't know. I can't sit here and say it's this way and only this way because I don't know if there's other behaviors yeah but of course you, you i think you can that only yeah go by what you physically saw yeah like the the side of it that i was kind of well the, the side of it that i kind of knew or the side of it that i kind of integrated in i suppose like to kind of figure out what it is to be gay or what what gay scene is um was just not for me it was just heavy drugs it was like you know and like when i say heavy drugs i don't mean like people doing heroin and stuff like i just mean like constantly you know people doing every every type of drug on the sesh yeah and it was like go out on friday and come home on monday like whoever can go out every weekend is they're like class they're the business and i'm like grow fucking up like you know i done this when i was like 19 yeah you're like i I didn't come out at 19 i came out at 27 i'm i'm over like these would be people even older than me and like you know same age as me and i just kind of felt like oh god like grow up you know like just like this wasn't for you and it kind of made me feel like i was because I always held my hands up. I don't tolerate drugs. I don't like the idea of drugs. I've never done drugs. And I've nothing against people that, like, you know, have dabbled and, like, you know, people that, whatever they do is their decision. I don't care. You know, that's not my life. But I don't want to be surrounded by that. I don't want to be involved with anything like that. But I just felt like that was all it was. And I just felt like there was nothing for, I just didn't fit in. And I don't fit in. And I, it's only now I've accepted yeah, I can be gay and I don't have to fit in in the gay scene. I mean, growing up, I didn't have any gay friends. You know, I was... All of the lads were, were, were straight lads. And I was... Like, like Scott would be a testament. Like, your Scott would be a testament. Yeah, I, let's I, hope he's not gay. Yeah, let's hope, <laughs> let's hope Scott's not gay. But, like, I hung around with Scott at a really young age and, like, through, like, most of my teens. And, you know, I... I don't think, maybe I, I probably did give off the impression of being gay, but I was always very feisty. I was always, you know, I wanted to be one of the lads or, so I just didn't fit in in the gay scene. It just kind of, yeah, it wasn't, it's not for me. Like I go, I will go to a gay bar and I'll have a bit of crack and, you know, I'll go and like, 
we'll probably go to like a drag show or something and it'd be fun but it's not it's not for me yeah it's not where you would regularly yeah. go out and about yeah and how do you meet people then um i don't really have like i have a couple of gay people as friends now and that's just from like you know from being out and that i like i'd bump into and like maybe follow each other on social media for a while and then eventually do bump into each other and be like oh you're this person that person so i think um that's kind of giving me my circle or like no not a circle but like giving me a, a gay network yeah if you like. yeah um so yeah mostly like on social media because i've always been the type of person to have a really tight knit so i'd never really have like you know a massive group of friends like all my friends that i'm friends with to this day i've been friends with since play school like you know like I don't pick up friends and drop friends. Like that doesn't happen. My friends are ride or die from day one, and I don't really have an interest to pick up a lot of new friends along the way. Yeah, obviously, I'll, if I meet people and I get on with them, and you know, there's a, a trust there and a friendship there. Yeah, I'll I'll be a friend, but I don't need to be everybody's friend. I don't have to like meet somebody three times and say they're my best friend. You know, like yeah, I, I'm more. Yeah, it yeah. takes more to get into my life and. Yeah, so I just kind of meet people either like now through another friend or, you know, I just stay with my own group. I don't really venture out of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's nice in, in a sense, like in a, in one way, because you, your, your friends are your real friends. Like, yeah. I mean, you, we've mentioned Leona a hundred times. That's a real testament of your friendship. Yeah. You know, that way. Yeah. And has your social media changed? So, like, you post really explicit <laughs> photos. Now, love it. I'm here for it. And come here. We, Raunchy. We, listen, we've, this podcast is just about being totally open. Um, And we've had, you know, Caitlin, who has an OnlyFans page. So, you know, we're not shy to talk about these things. But your posts are really explicit and I laughed, right? So when I text you and I was like, I need a couple of pictures for your, you know, for the posters and social media. And you sent them to me. And my mom, God love her, she was in hospital. And I went in to visit her and I was like, no, mom, this is, Gar-, you know, and I'm, exp- I tell her everything that I'm oh. doing. You know, you're very close to your mom, so you understand. Yeah. And I'm telling her and I'm like, and, and I showed her the four pictures. She's like, that one. And I mean, it's the one where you are like naked. She was like, <laughs> that's the picture. He's oh my god, he is gorgeous. He, you know, and the way mams go on and all. But I have to say, like, there's something really, like, really honest and really truthful about the pictures that you post. And it's great that you're body. I know you've explained that you're not always yeah. body positive, and not everybody is. I can imagine a hundred percent of their life body, even if they're they're fucking model for the campaign yeah because <laughs> you can't be 100% of the time but it is great to see that like you did put on weight or you are bulking at that time in your life like you can see the different stages yeah. and I love it what's the response on Instagram like what do you get mad messages when you post those photos um, yeah I get like a mix like those photos that I sent you they were one of my most recent so they were the idea behind them was fully unedited. So that was like when I had gone mayhem in the gym after Christmas. So it was like from Christmas right up until just before lockdown. Like, I mean, days before lockdown. Right. So Yeah, because you're in serious, Nick. Not anymore. But it's funny because... No, like, you are. No, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's funny because I don't have that body now because of COVID. Well, yeah, yeah. But life, life. Yeah, exactly, but, yeah. So, yeah, like when I post... It's it's strange. Like people think because of the content I post, they think I'm a certain way. 
yeah, probably like he's I'm very sexual. Very, and yeah, and like I'm game for anything, and I'm not. Like, yeah, I yeah, am, yeah. I always say to people like, from what you see on my social media, I am the polar opposite to that person. Do you kind of think of it? I find it quite arty. It's a persona. I find it, yeah, I, I, I find something that's, it draws me in, like I love art and I'm, again, I'm not, I don't care about things being explicit or naked or whatever yeah. they are. And there's something really like, I think like I was like, Scott, I think we might get one of them for the house blown up. Like that'd be lovely frame. Like, cause I, I, that, and not because I'm like, oh, it's scary that we know and yeah. he's half naked. It's not, I find it really, there's like a story and there's yeah. a mood to it. And it, there was, like, with that particular shoot, it was about this is exactly who I am at this moment. You know, this is... Because I kind of went through, like, a, like since Christmas, I just kind of went through a transformation. I was like, cut all my hair off. I was like, get rid of the quiff. It's gone. And I'm going to grow a beard. And I'm going to, like, yeah, here's an earring. Right, going to go to the gym. I just completely changed what I had been for the past eight years or nine years, you know, of this kind of... Had the quiff, clean cut, certain way. And I just kind of was like, fuck it. I'm just, I'm going to be who I want to be. I don't need to impress anybody. And so, yeah, it was kind of like an unveiling of this is who I am. This is a new me. Um, But like, it's funny because you get such a, a mixed kind of reaction. So you get, obviously, like, you know, your tourist traps that are like, you know, people just jumping in and fucking talking shy and then you get other people that are like genuinely like encouraged to either like you know make a change or you know encouraged to feel confident in themselves or and then you get like another side of it where is I still get like a lot of female messages where they're like oh my god like you know fair play to you my boyfriend struggles with his weight and you've just like you know shown that you can put up like you know a picture of you after getting a bit bit bigger and like i know obviously with those pictures i am in shape and i'm happy with the shape i'm in but the likes of like no editing on my shoulders on my back because i have like scarring and stuff like when you zoom into those pictures you still see them oh yeah they're beautiful you know, they're so very organic it was yeah. like that was the that was the purpose behind them and like they were able to like i got a message off one woman and she says my son has really bad acne and you know like he like showed me these pictures and she was like I have to say fair play to you because usually people would cover it up and I say I have covered it up like in most of my other photographs it's covered you know I'm not going to lie I'm not going to sit here and be like I never cover it it's covered it's edited um, but these pictures I was like no I, I'm going to go go raw and since then nearly every picture has been raw like I just kind yeah, of yeah they kind of have yeah, yeah it's I've been just been very... like whatever like fuck it I'm not going to I'm not going to try and fix everything or you know if I'm going to do a photo shoot I don't, like I used to make sure that there was obviously a makeup artist, stylist, a whole lot. Now I'm just like, you know, it's just me. You know, if you want me, you book me. Yeah, if you want to kind of like get somebody else involved, that's up to you. But I'm not, I, I just want me. I'm not going to wear makeup. I'm not going to, you know, wear anything too fucking over the top. If I don't like it, I'm not wearing it. And that's just kind of the attitude I had with it. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I think it's it's so positive to see somebody who has lived the life that you've lived and turn it around, not turn it around, not that it needs to be turned around, but in the sense of you've just made a change and you're owning it and you're owning you and it is what it is if, you, if you're if you skinny, if you've put on yeah. weight, if you're bulking, if you're whatever it is, um, that, that that is you 100%. Just very, it. very grounding. I absolutely love that. And, and I, I mean, me personally, like, I mean, and I, again, for women, it's sometimes a little bit different, but... 
I don't think, and I can say, I don't think there's ever been a time where I'm fully accepting of myself. So yeah. it's amazing to hear that. Absolutely and so it's inspiring. Such a, it's such a taboo thing for men. Like it's, Oh yeah, to talk about a hundred percent. And the thing is, right, I could go to, like, I, I never take my t-shirt off on a beach or I will never take my t-shirt off in the sun in the park. That's just personal preference. I don't do it because I don't feel comfortable enough to do it. I don't care how good my body is or how not good my body is at that time. I just don't do it. I never have. But then I look at other people and it doesn't matter what their body shape is. I never really judge anybody on their body shape. And I look at somebody and I go, wow, I wish I had his confidence to, to take my t-shirt off and to be like, you know, enjoy the sun. And he would be the body type that it looks great on him. I just wouldn't like that body for me. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know. So what it's you mean. never it's like people that are that self-conscious, and I need to kind of teach myself this as well. People do not see it the way you see yourself in the negative light. So you need to really stop and say, So what if I take my t-shirt off and this week I have love There's handles? There's someone like, sitting here saying he's a big ride over there. <laughs> Even if know, you're not thinking yeah, of yourself. Because you know I mean? like I would look at like all these different body shapes and be like, that's stunning on them. Like, you know, it's not the body I want, but that's stunning on them. And I'm sure, like, somebody would do the same with me. They'd probably say, mm, I wouldn't want that body, but it, it looks well on him. So it's, yeah, like, and I think it's, I don't know whether it's just because I'm gay, like, whether gays are more vocal about their body or they're, like, you know, men having that kind of stereotype on what a perfect body should be. But, like, you know, I just think men need to be kind of more vocal on, on body shame and on body acceptance. Yeah, definitely. I know, like, and obviously, like, I, I'm not a man, but I know with Scott and that, like, it's, I mean, men struggle the same way women do. Yeah. You know, we go, we were on holidays last year and we were laughing, like, my dad's girlfriend was in serious nick, like, serious nick on the beach. And we were like, yeah, well, our child is one and a half, you know, like, <laughs> like any excuse under the sun. And we literally do lie on the beach and we we're like, look at her, look at him. And then, yeah. and then we think, but that I know the effort that goes into having that bomb. Yeah. Or I know the effort that goes into having, you know, and we yeah. just keep putting it off. But, but I can I can say at times, like, yeah, I can laugh about it, but am I fully accepting of them when I look at myself? No. Yeah. And I think that, and I, and is Scott uh, uh, says that to me, but would he openly say it? Probably not. You mm. know what I mean? And yeah. I think men are, there's a lot of body positive women yeah. I'm not seeing a massive amount of body, you know, going on the, jumping on the bandwagon on yeah. social media. So it's, it is great. And hopefully you've started, you've I'll started just, and inspired. I just inspired. keep gaining weight because that's so easy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I and it's so I tasty it. as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep gaining and just feel like, mm, I love me roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just embrace it, embrace it. No, but it's it's great. It's great for you to, to hear such honesty about it. So what is next for Gary Talbot? Oh, I have like I've I've always got things on the side, as I said, that I'm that I'm doing. But I do have something coming up before Christmas, actually, with Leona. And it's gonna be something that everybody is gonna gonna see. Oh. So Oh, so we're not being told now. I can't because she told me she'll kill me. Right, okay. Um, and she will. She will. But yeah, it's something we've been working on the last few months and it's almost ready. Oh my god! I'm you'll, you'll, so excited. You'll be one of the first people to say it. I'll yeah, make sure I, you, you get it. Yeah, I better get first first yeah, jabs. I'll tips, make sure that whatever you're in, it you're is. In the, yeah, you're in the PR list. Yeah, yeah. But okay, that's fine. Oh, then I'll look like an influencer, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, you'll have to do that. <laughs> just just do sponsored posts. Yeah, just sponsored posts. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's something that I've 
be pretty passionate about okay. um, and have been for a couple of years um, and she's extremely passionate about it. Oh, very so exciting. It was a decision that I was going to do it alone anyway. Um, and then I just rang her one day and I was like, what do you think of this? And then we were like having the chats. And she's she's like obviously moving outside of Dublin. So she was like, come down, went down. We had a bottle of wine and we sat there and we kind of made a bit of a plan. And we said, this is it. We're going to do it. I love it. So, I yeah. love it. Great plans come from great conversations. And great wine. Yeah, and great <laughs> wine, of course, of course. If there's no alcohol, sure, yeah. you're talking, you're just talking shite, really. <laughs> and Gary, before you go, so every guest that I get on, I always ask them, and again, <laughs> every guest I'm like, you've told all your beautiful truths, but sure is. <laughs> no, but there's always that one thing that I feel like people maybe don't have the platform or they don't have the space or they're worried about opinions. So I always ask every guest, what is their beautiful truth uh, about their industry that they've worked in? So what is your beautiful truth, Gary? So I would have to say it's... Your time in the industry? yeah. Like I've probably, do you know what it is? It's, I would say it's given me the best opportunities, the best memories. I got to work with some of the best people. Um, it brought me to some of the darkest places I've ever been. And I think if I was to go back in time and anybody says, would you do it again? Would you do anything differently? I just wouldn't do it, to be honest. And really? it's like, it's not, it, it sounds bad because it sounds like I'm not grateful or, you know, I didn't love every second of it. I'm not completely done with it. You know, like if people, people still knock at the door. If they still want to book me, I'll do it. I'm just not, it's not, it's not going to be me life. You know, it doesn't, it's not going to control me life. It's, so yeah, I could live without it, to be honest. Thank you so much, Gary, for being part of the Beauty of Truth podcast. Honestly, this has been one of my favourite episodes. Aww. Honestly, it's been so real, so raw. And I really appreciate it. Oh, and I thanks. wish you the best of luck Thank with you so your much. new venture. Well, my new venture, as I said, will be before Christmas. So I'll make sure you're on okay. that PR. And I'll, 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 if you, you know, I'll plug you in, in the yeah, podcast do, at some yeah, point. Yeah, I'll just definitely. be like, sorry, can everyone stop talking? I have to tell everyone about <laughs> Gary's, Gary's new venture. No, I wish you the best of luck. Thank and thank you. you so much, Gary. Thank you so much. Well, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Beauty of Truth with Gary Talbot. It was great to hear the insights into the hidden side of the modelling industry and how it's affected Gary. And if you would like to follow Gary on Instagram, you can find him at Talbot Gar. His Instagram is incredible. One of my fa another one of my favourite accounts. And you can find this podcast on Instagram at The Beauty of Truth Podcast. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please, on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review, subscribe, and like and share. And on Spotify, you can follow and rate this podcast. I really appreciate all the support, and I hope that you're enjoying the beauty of truth. This podcast is produced by Primal Pro at Instagram or primal.ie, and it's primal with a Y.